Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, July 5th, 2022. Most of the time, it takes a small army to put together a worship service. Think of all the people at your church that show up to serve to make a worship service happen. At my church, Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, uh, we meet in a local middle school. So just to get the place ready for people to attend takes a, a pretty sizable crew to set it up and to tear it down. It takes people hauling trailers and trucks and hundreds of chairs and stages and pipe and drape and tech equipment, sound equipment, all of these different things. And even if the church had a building, a lot of those teams would still have to be there. Someone to lead the service, a team of skilled musicians to lead in worship, a tech team so you can hear those things, greeters, ushers. At our church, we have an amazing kids ministry team to invest in the next generation and so on to so many teams from even people who show up to stuff the bulletins with the note sheet before the service even happens. And we could go on and on. We have to have a whole online system, a whole online software just to manage and organize all of these volunteers. And you might think, ah, you know, that sounds like a modern invention. Well, not so fast. Today, we're going to be looking uh, deep in the Old Testament in the book of First Chronicles chapter 23, and we're going to read about David organizing the Levites. And really, you're going to see a lot here from uh, uh, chapter 23, 24, 25, 26. And as we go on, it's it's really organizational. And that's where you might say, okay, this isn't that interesting. Uh, stop and realize, though, that this is a lot of what we still need today to make worship happen. It takes organization. And so you see David numbering the Levites and the total is 38,000 men and he divides them. 24,000 of these, David said in verse four, shall have charge of the work in the house of the Lord. 6,000 shall be officers and judges, 4,000 gatekeepers, 4,000 shall offer praises to the Lord with the instruments that I have made for praise. So he's dividing them up to serve. And that's pretty much what every church has to say. Hey, how many people can serve? Where do we need them to serve. So I hope as you read this, you connect this to uh, serving in your local church. And that's where I want just to give you a friendly reminder, your local church needs you. Uh, We need you uh, to serve. And that's where if you're not serving, uh, let this be just another prompt to you that your local church needs you. It takes a small army. It takes organization, but you can't organize nobody. You need people that are willing to serve to be organized to get the work done. And if you are serving, I hope today's reading serves as an encouragement to you, a reminder that you are essential. Your church couldn't do what it does without you. Uh, But whether you're not serving or you are serving, one difficulty in that can be sometimes we feel inadequate. Maybe we don't serve because we think, well, I'm no good, or that sounds really hard to do that. Or maybe you feel that way sometimes even as you are serving. You're thinking, am I doing anything? Am I getting anything done? Uh, Am I really up to the challenge? Well, that's where I want the Psalms today to encourage you 
as you think through serving your local church, whatever that may be in the formal ways you serve or even in the informal ways you just seek to love and care for others. Uh, And that's where I would encourage every Christian to be doing both of those things. Serve your church in a more formal way where you have a ministry post, but also uh, practice the one another's. Love one another. Psalm 131 is a great but tiny psalm uh, where it says, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. And so even just as you think through those first two verses, I think that is a mindset we need a lot for service. Because sometimes there'll be things that come up in service that we don't know quite how to figure out. Or sometimes, you know, you'll try to do something. Maybe you're trying to reach somebody for Christ or you're teaching faithfully a kids ministry class and you're wondering, you know, is this getting through our hearts being changed? And that's where sometimes we need to step back and say, the answers to some of those questions, frankly, are above my pay grade. Uh, they, they're things that are too great and too marvelous for me. God's got that figured out. And that's one thing I hope motivates us to be faithful in service. Uh, Because we don't always know the ends to which our our service is really going to meet and and what our service is really going to accomplish. But that's where we need to say, God, I'm going to leave a lot of that to you. Or really, we should be saying, God, I'm going to leave all of that to you. And and I'm going to do what you've called me to do, which is to be faithful. And I can do that without anxiety, without stress, pressure, or worry, because I'm like that child with its mother. I've got a calm and quiet soul. God, I'm trusting you. And and I'm going to trust you to really bring the fruit and bring the results to this ministry. And I'm going to focus on being faithful. Another thing that should motivate us in our ministry really is the glory of God. And that's what we're going to see in Psalm 138. It says, I give thanks to you, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. That's a heart that's going to be, I think, a, a productive, faithful servant for the Lord. Someone that has their heart filled with gratitude uh, and, and is just pouring out praise for God's steadfast love and faithfulness and a heart that knows God has said above all things, his name, his word, I'm worshiping him and he is worthy. He's worthy of my service. So I will keep serving him. And even though that can be hard at times, look at verses seven and eight, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand delivers me. And I love this. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. What an amazing statement there. And that should be a comfort as we seek to serve the Lord. We can say with David here, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. And that helps take ourselves out of the agenda, out of the equation. It's not about me fulfilling my purpose for myself. It's a trust saying the Lord will fulfill his purpose 
for me. And even when we seek to start new ministries or or do things for the Lord, we can trust, hey, God's going to use it. And if this doesn't go the way I planned, that's not necessarily failure on my part. I'm going to trust that God's fulfilling his purpose for me. And I'm going to trust that his steadfast love endures forever. And so I hope those Psalms encourage you as you think through uh, serving the Lord. And we see an example of someone who needed that encouragement today in uh, Acts 18, as we will look at verses 1 through 18 today. And we read about Paul in Corinth, and it will end with him uh, going back, beginning a journey back to Antioch, which was kind of his home sending church at this point. But we read about him in Corinth, and he stays there for quite a while seeking to do ministry. And Jesus gives him encouragement by coming to him in a vision. In verse 9, he says, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in this city who are my people. And so he stayed there for a year and six months, teaching the word of God. And so there Jesus comes and gives him that encouragement that he has many people keep going. I will protect you. And that's where as you serve the Lord, you know, we can't twist those words to just make them all about us because this is specifically a time when the Lord shows up and speaks to Paul. You can't just claim this promise if you're going out as a missionary saying, well, no one's going to attack or harm me. Uh, We don't have that guarantee, but it is an expression. This specific instance is an expression of a a bigger, uh, more general instance that we see in scripture, a truth we see in scripture as we think through the passages where Jesus commissions his church. Remember the end of the great commission? I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And even back at the beginning of Acts, he talks about the Holy Spirit uh, coming upon them, that he was not leaving them alone, but the Spirit uh, would give them power and, and enable them to be his witnesses. So as you read Acts 18 and you think about your service to the Lord, let that be an encouragement to you that God is with us. Uh, God will not leave us or forsake us. And so you might not get this specific experience that Paul does, but you can rest your head on the pillow tonight knowing God will never leave me or forsake me. He will fulfill his purpose for me. So that can motivate you to to serve the church, to keep serving the church, to excel still more in serving the church in so many different ways. I hope our time in God's word today encourages us in all of those things. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.